do you ever feel like an imposter? Honestly, every day of my life. No, just kidding. I don't really ever feel like an imposter. I just, I don't know. Do you really know that you don't feel like an imposter? I, I, there's, I did a little bit of reading on this and I saw some different types of imposter syndrome. So I feel like there's pieces of it that I can relate to, but I don't know. I think you're a little bit rustly. You always are these days. I have once again, I think it's Shaheya. Did I do a good hair flip? I think you did a good hair flip. Sorry, I look sweaty and disgusting. I was doing yard work today, so. This Sorry, I look life. sweaty and disgusting. I was just doing my desk job today. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically learned about imposter syndrome, like, I think it was back in, like, 20, when did I get my first big sales job? Right? No, 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 no. I would, I would have started working after grad school in 2015, and then I would have gotten my first big sales job in 2017. Mm-hmm. So I basically jumped into this job in sales and I was like crushing my numbers like right out the gate and which is not common. It's not common and I will say and once again this is probably my <laughs> imposter syndrome. Are you I about to like, say lucky? Well, I feel like the person that before me sucked. Oh. <laughs> and so I feel like the goals were set. I feel like the goals were set lower, but then I also know that that's, like, not really how it works. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on how long that person was in their job because I know they do take, like, history into account. But, um, yeah, it was, like, doing really well with my sales numbers. And my boss at the time, she would come in and see me because um, she had, like, all the salespeople in all the state of Florida. She would come in and see me, like, once a month, and we'd sit down, and I would always just be like, I don't know, like – I'm just worried, like, I'm not really doing that well. And she'd be like, Julie, you're, like, 178% of your goal. Like, I don't really understand, like, why you think you're not doing well. She was the first person to tell me about this. And I had never heard of this before. And she basically was like, you need to look up imposter syndrome because you got to figure out how to deal with this. Yeah. Um, And I'm not, I mean, I've gotten, gotten better at it. I think knowing that, like, it is all in my head. But, like, I still, like, definitely struggle with it. Um, but yeah, she was the first person to kind of tell me that this was a thing. And she's like, you are basically, cause I, I literally kept telling her, I was like, I'm just afraid I'm a big fraud. And like, I actually suck at this. And like, everyone's going to find out, like, I'm just getting lucky. And like, I'm going to have like a really bad quarter or like a really bad year. And everyone's going to be like, oh wow, we all thought she was good at this, but she actually sucked at it. Um, which is, I think mostly like you were going to ask that question. Yeah. I was going to ask you, do you think it's more of like the perception of it from other people that you're afraid of? Or do you think it's more of, like, your self-worth? Oh, it's totally the perception. Okay. And I also feel like when you when you go into a job and you start performing really well and people make a big deal out of that, for me, that makes it worse. That's, that's annoying to me. I See, I don't know if I have imposter syndrome or not because I haven't really gone deep into what it is and, like, how it affects your head. But, like... My bosses are always telling me that I'm doing a good job and I literally just don't respond. And it's like, I just, I don't, I also don't take compliments very well. 
I just don't think it's necessary to compliment me. Like, yeah, I don't you, you usually like don't make eye contact and like are like, oh, thanks. Like, really like I don't need you to tell me that you like my jeans. I really don't care. Yeah, you don't take compliments. You don't know how to accept compliments. Yeah. I I like compliments. I like giving them out and receiving them, and I like to. You're so pretty. <laughs> to tell people that like strangers <laughs> on the street, I'll be like, like your shirt, girl. People. Like, I do too. I do that. I stopped the lady in Publix the other day. I was like, oh my god, I really like your shoes, and she was like, thanks. And I was like, fuck, that's how I feel all the time. I know. I get. <laughs> I get compliments out to strangers, um, but yeah, I don't know. I I do like to be recognized um for a job well done but when it's deserved when it's deserved um I almost think that when you start to do really good at something it just adds more pressure I I don't know maybe not everybody feels that way but um can you can you go into what it is exactly because no that's what I was about that's what I was about to do perfect so they basically um psychologists first kind of described what it was back in 1978 um and there was a study done in 2011 that suggested about 70% of people will experience at least one episode of imposter syndrome during their lifetime. And usually it's more prevalent among women um, and those women that are considered to be like high achievers. So I think that's people like you and me. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're a perfectionist. It just means that you want to be very accomplished in everything that you do. But for me, like I wouldn't consider myself a perfectionist, but I definitely would say that um, I'm a high achiever. I think there's a fine line there, though, between, like, being motivated and, like, like very, very driven, but also wanting to do things right and then having that type of characteristic that would, like, categorize you as having imposter syndrome. Oh, definitely. I feel like when I was reading this, I just felt like I was just like, okay, yes and no, yes and no. I just feel like there's such a fine line with it, but keep going. So, um, a lot of people will sort of – I think the most common – like I guess I would say like benign uh, version of this is like when you get into a new job most people experience some of these feelings in the first few weeks of learning a new job and I think that that's we've all kind of felt that from time to time like during Um, syllabus week I guess or like of your new job where you're like going around all the different departments and saying hi and like meeting everybody I think it's like when you start with the first few weeks of like being on your own in a new job or taking a promotion when maybe you already oh. were supposed to sort of know the job and now you're supposed to like be doing well Got at it. it. It's like, Oh gosh, okay. they hired me to expect all these things of me. And like, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to do them. Um, so a lot of times, like, I guess a person's sense of self doubt can help you like determine a realistic assessment of your achievements. So like it helps you not like over inflate the things that you do kind of like balancing confidence with humility, I guess. But okay. sort of when that self-doubt becomes overinflated, then you can just have a very distorted view of your own accomplishments. Um, and that's kind of what ends up happening. Um, so there's some – these are like, I guess, symptoms, if, for lack of a better term. I know. I almost said the word symptom earlier, and then I was like, I don't know if that's – I don't know if it's right really the right term, but that's what term. we're going to use. Um, Side effects. Yeah. So a basic worry that you're not going to live up to expectations. Um, So a lot of people that experience imposter syndrome might have a fear that their colleagues and their supervisors expect too much from them. I don't really, uh, I don't relate to that. I guess my question to that 
and this kind of goes into all of it, would be are you, a lot of the research that you're finding, because a lot of what I found was around the workplace, it was a lot of what you're finding related to people at work, or is it more so related to people having imposter syndrome within their everyday, like, at home? Everything I found was pretty much work-related. Within the career, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure it could. I mean... I think it's just easier for research to be done in a controlled environment, such as what you're doing on a day-to-day within work. Because in every yeah. life, there's emotions tied to a lot of stuff, so it's, that's an easier control. But I feel like I more have a... I will get more insecure almost if, like, I feel like my supervisors don't expect much of me at the same time. I'm like, oh, why don't they expect much of me? Like, why aren't they giving me extra responsibilities? Or Right. Um, that would, I think, make me have a little bit more self-doubt. But so another symptom, like we said, if you will, is avoiding <laughs> avoiding extra responsibilities at work. So people with imposter syndrome uh, tend to bury themselves in their everyday work instead of taking on additional duties because they're afraid – um that like going outside of your job description potentially being in a situation that could actually approve what your abilities are they may fail at those things and then once again might be you know exposed for not being as good as they think they are or want to be um so they're less likely to become involved in like volunteering opportunities at work uh they view it as a distraction and it could compromise the quality of their other tasks as well so they'll just kind of bury their heads in the sand. I don't really do that. That's really stressful. That seems like a really awful, like... Cycle of fear. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, That's what totally. I was looking for. Like, I'm afraid to volunteer, and I'm afraid to go above and beyond because I'm afraid I might fail at that, but then I'm also afraid of doing that, and then if I did it, you know, it's going to distract from my day-to-day work, and I'm going to fail at that. So, yeah, it seems, like, really not great. Uh, this one is kind of me. Get stuck in an imposter cycle, so... It's Success creates a continuous cycle of self-doubt for people with imposter syndrome. Every time they accomplish something, they become more worried that others will discover the truth yeah, that about does their sound abilities. Like you. That's exactly my issue. Um, it's like it is frustrating because then even like when you do really really well, and then you know not everybody does amazing all the time, then you still do well or average even at certain things and then you feel like oh man you know not like living up to that what you feel might be an expectation and honestly some people probably do put that expectation on their employees I've never had that experience um of like hey you're doing this well at this and so that's what I expect you to do all the time but I know people that it wouldn't surprise me if they did you know what I mean Kind of. I feel like I've, yeah, I mean, I probably am having a hard time understanding because I haven't also haven't ever been in a situation like that. Like, I feel like I do my best all the time and most people recognize that and I don't necessarily, like, I don't need, I don't need praise. I just need, like, somebody to understand my self-worth rather than give me praise. Your mic. But it's like. What? Your mic. Your oh, hair sorry. Okay. I was saying I feel like I it's more important to me like I don't need praise I just need from a respect standpoint someone to understand my self-worth and like how hard I'm working yeah. at a certain project yeah I think so that's it's totally like valid. so it's like if I am getting that like non-verbal recognition of someone at least just like respecting the work that I'm doing 
I would hope that it would be like a case by case situation. Like if I do mess up on a project, like that they're not going to ex- like reprimand me. Like, mm-hmm. cause I know how hard you worked. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That makes perfect sense. Um, self-sabotage. So people with imposter syndrome tendencies have a low self-confidence and they have a fear of failure. Um, they experience a constant internal struggle between achieving success and avoiding being found out. So it might prevent them from um, the ability to reach their full potential. I would not say that that's something that I struggle with. I don't think I have – it's a really weird thing because I don't necessarily think I'm I have like low I'm, like, imagining someone, like <laughs> – I'm imagining someone, like – making a million dollars and then like doing a cartwheel and like a ninja outfit to get out of the get out of the way like yeah. I like <laughs> like that's just a weird description to me I just I don't it's weird because I don't I definitely don't think like I think I'm very confident in my ability to do work and to do a good job right so it's a really weird combination of me I guess I think you set your expectations for yourself really high your, your standards are high for yourself yeah that but definitely. when you actually meet or exceed those standards you have a hard time believing in yourself and right. believing that you've done it right. so therefore there's no way that I could have done that it was just I was just lucky like I wasn't actually how hard I was working it was just I got lucky like I think you go and do like a self-doubt thing the minute you hit your goal or hit your expectation and you it's like a disbelief thing for you yeah it's a weird combination of like I have great self-confidence but a lot of self-doubt at the same time yes yeah and yeah, like yeah. how those things can coexist with me I it's don't weird. know but they do for sure um so a lot of people that have imposter syndrome will have job uh dissatisfaction they'll pretty much feel unhappy in their jobs. They may not feel challenged enough um, or that feel of failure stops them from seeking promotions or extra responsibilities that challenge them. So they kind of become complacent in their jobs and maybe I could see that being me. Yeah. I mean, I could see that happening with a lot of people. Um, I can understand like why that would be a concern, but I feel Um, like that's also just a general fear of failure. Like I think that's a very common yeah, like, they're just afraid they can't do better, so they're just going to stay where they are. Yeah. And um, they might undervalue their own skills or fail to recognize how other jobs can kind of showcase those skills that they have. Um, they also might avoid asking for raises uh, because they sort of deny their own worth. I definitely don't have that problem. I'm not afraid to ask for a raise. Well, and I don't know that I've ever been, honestly – in a job long enough to justify just being like, hey, can I have a raise? Like, I've not actually. I it's always I'm, been a job switch that you've been, been able been to job. have the opportunity to ask exactly. for more. Yeah. But I've never been afraid to negotiate and ask for more. I, those conversations I just think are scary. We should do an episode on negotiating your We salary. really should because that is something that I'm going to be running into in the next few months. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I am terrified of that conversation because of the industry we work in and because of the situation that the world is in right now. And it's like self-worth versus how much, how hard am I working? Yeah. Versus like, I understand that like no one has money to pay people at this point. Right. Let's do that for next week's mini because I love that. I'll write it down. I think a lot of people are going to be looking for jobs right now. And I just think, especially women, like knowing how to negotiate your salary, like a boss, like, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that that would be a really good one. And power posing. Definitely power pose before you go in. Power 
power pose? Power posing. Like in the mirror? Yeah. Oh, I've never tried that. Really? Oh my God. I do it before every interview. Really? If you, like if you, yes, exactly. Like so at your there, house? there are, there are certain poses. We'll just do it now. There are certain poses that are said to increase your testosterone. Wait, pause. Yeah. Save it for Tuesday. Okay. Save it for next week. Okay. Write cliffhanger. 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 <laughs> <laughs> just a little tease. Just get them hooked just, in mm. for next week. Um, <laughs> And then the last uh, issue that you may run into as well is you may, if you have imposter syndrome, you might go overboard on your tasks and your goal setting. Um, So people with imposter syndrome might set themselves extremely challenging goals and suffer disappointment when they don't achieve them. That's what I do. Yeah. I do that. You do that. I I set my goals way too high, almost to a point that I know that I won't hit it because when I don't hit it, I'm like, well, I knew I couldn't do it. Yeah. Maybe that's not what it's described. No, I think that is exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, So there's basically four different, oh no, five different major types of people that experience imposter syndrome. And I don't know which one of these I am. I don't know. But we'll see. The first couple sounded like you when I, I think if we looked at the same research, I think Was it medical news today? Yeah. Okay. So the expert... The expert will not feel satisfied when finishing a task until they feel like they know every single thing about the subject. Uh, they continuously hunt for new information, and it prevents them from completing tasks and projects. Okay, people just kidding. Are, we didn't look at the same one. No, and this is definitely not me. Uh, people no. who avoid applying for a job because they don't meet every single requirement may fall into the category of the expert. Now, here's I do one thing I, sometimes think that. Here's one thing I will say about that. I think that's a female thing. Mm. Like... I know that I had done some research a while back just about, like, the difference between men and women when, like, job hunting and, like, once again, like, negotiating for salaries, which we'll come back to that next week. But, um, like, men will look at a list of job requirements or job skills and be like, oh, I have two of those. Perfect. And a lot of women, like, if they don't have every single thing, will be like, oh, I'm not qualified for this and they won't apply. It's, like, a very common, I guess, like, Really? I didn't know that that was, like, a gender thing. I thought it was just, like... Yeah, well, and I'm sure it's my not lack every of single woman. And, but ever since knowing that, I've tried to avoid doing that. Like, you know, in my search for employment, I'm like, oh, like, okay, I'm, I mean, enough of these. And, like, the rest of these I can figure out. And I've just been applying for stuff anyways because you never know. Um, but I definitely – the one thing about this, if I'm trying to do something at work, sometimes I do have trouble moving on from a task until I feel like I understand exactly how to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I will do that. Um, so maybe this one is a little bit me. I will say experts continuously hunt for new information, which is me, but it do- it never prevents me from completing things. I- I've never had an issue completing tasks and projects at work. No. And I always get things done ahead of deadline. So I don't know. But maybe maybe that is a little bit of me. There's probably so many people just rolling their eyes at you right now. Why? Because what if people don't get things done on time? Well, not everybody's as type A as I am. I'm like, one of my husband's friends one time categorized me as type A+. Plus. Like, <laughs> I'm like so not wrong. The most type A person ever. So that's definitely not like a, a, a comment on like me being superior. It's just me being anal as shit. No, and I like know. like having to get things done. Otherwise, I don't sleep. To the me. point where like she doesn't sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
So the perfectionist, not me. People who aim for perfection often experience high levels of anxiety, doubt, and worry, especially when they fail to achieve their extreme goals. That's Perfection, me. Perfectionists are usually dissatisfied with their work. They tend to focus on areas where they could have done better rather than yeah. celebrate the things they did well. That is A hundred percent, that's me. And that's my sister. My sister's a huge perfectionist. I've never been a perfectionist, ever. That's definitely me. I'm like an umbrella thinker. I'm like, if it's 80%, if it's, if it's, like, I mean, I, I produce good work, but especially, like, in my personal life, I'm like, it was good enough. Moving on. <laughs> Julie did half the yard today, and then she said it looked great. No, I've painted half the closets in my house, actually. Oh, girl. <laughs> but only half. I still have the paint sitting in the guest room, and, like, I need what to color? do Well, just the closet doors. They went from gray to white. I just oh. wanted them to match the trim, but now half of our closet doors are gray still. My husband wants to kill me. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a perfect example of like me being like, man, it works. Uh, the Natural Genius. I really hate that title. Of I do too. The Natural Genius. But when I started reading it, I started thinking of my sister Katie just because she's so naturally... Like, she's very, very book smart. Yeah, There's she not is. a whole lot of common sense there. Love you, Katie. But, <laughs> like, she's just so – she was so good at school. She's so good at taking tests. Like, things just come to her very, very naturally. Right. From an analytical standpoint. So when I started reading this, I started thinking of her. Yeah. It says the natural genius is typically able to master a new skill quickly and easily. They mm-hmm. often feel ashamed and weak when they can't. People who fail in this category – or fall into this category, fail to recognize that nearly everybody needs to build upon their skills throughout their life to succeed. Which is true. I mean, I don't care how easily things come to you. There's always going to be things that you have to work on or things you're not good yeah. at. But, um. I wonder if that personality type within the imposter syndrome, I wonder if that one specifically has a hard time receiving feedback. Oh, probably. They And I'm yeah. really good at receiving feedback. I if it's delivered right receiving these oh yeah yeah, it has to be delivered right if it comes from the right person like if I know that there's a level of respect there that's like worthy of them giving me feedback Mm -hmm. then I'll accept it for sure um I had a boss once Cindy and she used to literally be like you know she's like listen and I love this about her and like I would adopt this like in my future career but like she was like I'll set an expectation for you like we're good we're happy we're besties but if you don't meet that expectation, like, you know, I give you a warning. And then if you don't meet it again, like, Cynthia comes out. <laughs> oh. She'd be, like, she'd be like, and when Cynthia comes out, it's not pretty. And we have a really ugly conversation. And then we go get champagne after. Oh, that's, like, that's respectable. At least she, like, warned you. Well, that's, like, what she said. And I she never got mad at me for anything. But, like, I would – our entire team of people, like, had the utmost respect for her. Because even the people that, like – had failed in certain areas or not met expectations and she'd had to get onto them she would they would just be like yeah like cindy had to like sit me down and like she really like you know gave me doled out some you know shit to me about like i needed to get my shit together she was like right and then like she was like all right we're done now we're gonna go to the bar and get a drink and like i i kind of feel like that's a really good way of doing it because your boss needs to be your friend but your boss also needs to be your boss that's how um in my old in my old company that i worked for um, they were very, very big on feedback. Like mm-hmm. the word feedback came out of my mouth probably six times a day. Yeah. And which to a level is, re- is respectable, but at some points it kind of felt like they were using it as a way to control you and that's mm-hmm. not an environment you want to be in. Right. But at the same time, 
there was a lot of feedback that I did receive when I was in that role that I was actually really appreciative of. And that's how they handled it. It was like, you would go into their office, like it would be as casual as possible, but they would be very, very transparent with you about it. Tell you exactly what you were doing, offer help, offer a solution. If they weren't the one that would be an expert on how to help you, they would then partner with someone else that would, that would actually sit down with you and kind of mentor you in that area. But regardless, go out and get drinks after everything's fine the next day. Like it's, it's totally fine. Like mm-hmm. you should be able to, that, that's a really important quality to have in a business environment. Like you need to be able to accept feedback when it's, when it's presented correctly. Yeah. And I've always struggled in environments where like, I've been like, I need feedback, even if it's just that I'm like, I also, you know, I know ne- I never liked this. I think especially in sales, people tend to look at your number and move on. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I know there's things I could be doing better. And then it's be like, no, your numbers are great. I'm like, but please tell me something to work on. Like, I need something to approve upon, improve upon, like, in my day-to-day. So, yeah, I think it's tough because, like, sometimes you don't get enough as much feedback as you might want. Even if you're excelling in your role, there's always some feedback that you can receive to, like, do better. One time I got feedback from one of my least favorite managers in my old job. Um, and it was like, well, there, were, there was a few times she gave me some good feedback. But there was one day that she literally walked out in front of everybody and we have, we used to have this like all um, hands on deck meeting every morning. It was basically just like one big stand up, and we would go over everything that we were working on that day. And she walks out and it was like right before the meeting started. So it was like kind of quiet and she just goes, that skirt's not doing anything for you. Mm. Like that's, that's disrespectful. Yeah. That is, that is feedback. You should not be receiving. Like so very very inappropriate. Do not let don't do not don't stand for it, ladies. No. If you get that kind of feedback, um, the the soloist, um, not me. <laughs> no, really, really, really like to work with people. The soloist may be known as the rugged individualist. They prefer to work alone. They tend to believe that asking for help will reveal their incompetence. Mm. A soloist will typically turn on help so they can prove their worth as an individual. I do know people like this, but this is 100% not me. And then the superhero. This one I think I identified with more than any of these. Um, Superheroes often excel in all areas because they push themselves so hard. Many workaholics would be classified as superheroes. This overload of work will eventually result in burnout, which can affect physical health, mental well-being, and relationships with others. I think that that's more, I would say, the category that I fall into. Not when it comes to athletics, but I do push myself very hard. (laughs) No. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, To I probably looked like a superhero, like, when I was falling, like, just like, and then I fell. Not... No. Probably not. It probably looked like a noodle. <laughs> I think I did look like a noodle. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I push myself too hard to excel in like every single area, especially in a professional environment, and I need to learn to like pick and choose my battles. So, um, and then this particular article li- lists like three major risk factors. Um, where you may experience symptoms of imposter syndrome, so new challenges. We already discussed that. Um, a new opportunity, promotion, um, or job can trigger imposterism, which I think I, I do think probably at some level everybody experiences that a little bit. 
Growing up with a gifted sibling, both of us, when a sibling is considered exceptional, a person may develop ingrained feelings of inadequacy. My sister was like always the straight A student. Always, always, always. And both of our sisters ended up going to law school. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I think we both can probably relate to that. And then being labeled as the clever one. Children who are taught that they are superior in intelligence, appearance, or talent can develop imposter syndrome when they must inevitably struggle to achieve something. That pisses me off. Why? Because it's like bred through the parent. How they're parenting. Yeah. It's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, I think it's, I think that's tough too. Cause like every parent thinks their kid is special, but I also think that it's important as a parent to teach your kid that they're not more humans special. are equal. Humans are equal <laughs> and you're, you're not more special than other kids. Right. Like you have to teach your kids. Like not everyone's going to like you. It's a, it's a weird, it's like a really weird balance. Cause you want to build, and I don't know how I'll do it. It's going to be a while before I have to deal with this, but you got to balance out like building up your kid's self-confidence and then also being like. I've always been of the belief, like, I think I'm special, but I think everyone's special. I don't think, I don't think, (laughs) I don't think I'm any more special than anybody else. I think everybody has things about them that make them special. Yeah. But I do, I've, I've met people that you can tell their parents Mm -hmm. told them they were special. Exactly. And they were the most special and the prettiest one in the class and the smartest one in the class. Everybody has a different color glitter. Yeah. But everybody has glitter. But everybody's got glitter. Um, so, yeah. What are your thoughts? I think I'm a perfectionist. Yeah, I think you are too. I think you are, what was it called? I think I'm the superhero one. The superhero. I think I'm a little superhero and I think I'm a little expert. But I don't know that expert ever keeps me from getting tasks done, but I could see... Like you could see how you could go down that rabbit hole. I could see how I could go down that rabbit hole and like maybe being afraid of failing at something because I'm not an expert at it. Or like being afraid to take on a task and my my boss is like, oh, try doing this. And it's like, oh, crap, I don't know everything about it. It's like, just go for it. That's like, I think most people would do. And that's what I need to like. But you're also, I could see you also not struggling with that because you're really good at talking to people. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like if you have researched it to its limit and you don't necessarily understand all of it and you have to like say you have to go into like an all team meeting or something and do a presentation on the subject, you wouldn't be nervous because Mm -hmm. you would be able to at least focus on the areas that you know about and like you would still succeed in that presentation, but you wouldn't necessarily still know 100% about that subject. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you find yourself, I think, struggling with a lot of this in your day-to-day or in your workplace, um, the best advice that we had found in our research was pretty much to talk about your fears um, openly with somebody that mm-hmm. you're close to or a therapist. Um, you want to challenge those negative thoughts that you have about yourself. And it's and good to keep a record of your achievements and celebrate your successes as well. Um, if that means that you got a promotion at work or a shout out at work or something and you know you and your husband are going to go get a $20 bottle of wine or your wife or whoever your roommate and pop that baby open to celebrate I don't know is $20 expensive wine it is to me (laughs) 
Right now it feels expensive. <laughs> right now we're drinking two buck chuck. So right now that's like oh, way more expensive than our budget. It tastes um, like acetone. It tastes so bad. I've actually cut down on drinking because I can't. I have to. I'm like, because I can't drink it anymore. It's so, it's so bad. bad. <laughs> there was some BOGO stuff at Publix and it was $18. But it was like two bottles for $18. So each bottle then was $9. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if this is a good deal. I was like, but it's on sale. I'm getting it. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Um, but yeah, I think I pr- think probably celebrating achievements, that's a big one. Yeah. That I think would help people just not have as much self-doubt. So. And then understanding your self-worth and having a decent amount of self-respect as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a self-esteem issue. I've never been big on having a self-esteem issue, really. Um, not like, not like other. I think there's just different. I, I think there's just different areas. Different can, areas that you can yeah. be, yeah. And it's like I said, I, I feel like I have a really weird combination of like self-doubt and self-confidence in the workplace because it's like I know I can do it, but then deep down I'm like, can I? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And you don't want to, like, take on a project and be like, oh, no, I can totally do this. And then have follow-up questions. Like, that's the – I hate that. I hate when that happens to me. Oh, see, I'm not not bothered by that. I think one of my GMs at one of my hotels when I was moving on to a new job, what he said about me at my farewell party was, like, if you know Julie, you know she's got a million questions. But, like, in a good way because, you know, I always want to look at things a million different ways before I – decide which path I'm going to take. I typically am not very impulsive in the workplace. At home, however, totally different story. How many closet doors did you get done? Well, six. I got one, two, three, four, five, six left. So you got halfway there. I got halfway there. I... I started this project before I took my tumble. So then not being able to get up and down was a problem for like literally six weeks. And then oh, I, I didn't know you didn't finish the project. That's why I was confused why you were painting. No, I never finished it. <laughs> I really will. Though. Sorry. I will though. I will finish it. I thought it was weird that your bedroom door was still gray. Yeah. The doors <sighs> will eventually be white, but right now they are gray. So anyways, that's all we have. I'm really excited that's all to I talk have. about power posing next week. I know I am too, and I, I feel like we didn't really. I have end a really on... embarrassing story about power posing. Too, I'm excited so... about it. I feel like yeah. we didn't end imposter syndrome on like solutions. I because I don't. Know we how didn't at all. No, if you have an issue, you should definitely fucking talk about it. But <laughs> other than that, best of luck to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I am actually really, really um, interested in personality disorders, like just in general. Yeah, you think every I... you love you diagnosing love people you love diagnosing people you're like oh, i met this bitch she's got this thing i'm like oh okay. and like she's a fucking histronic and you're like i don't know what that is so yeah i well, mean i do now because you told me what it was maybe but. we'll add that to the list yeah we should do personality that disorders just go through them all yeah well sorry for the late release this will be a, Wednesday, a week. This will be a Wednesday mini and a Thursday full Monty. Yeah. I was going to say till tomorrow. Till tomorrow. <laughs> I'm so tired. I know. 
Have a nice cheers and then take a NyQuil and go to bed. Oh, cheers. Cheers.